Thank you so much. Uh, you have to realize how special that was. Uh, not only did Pastor Scott get to play with one of his uh, former youth group members, I think from Visalia, um, and uh, not only did he fly his daughter Katie home from Grand Rapids just for this, I think, <laughs> but Scott himself is giving up a little of his vacation time. He's uh, getting a couple of uh, well-deserved weeks of vacation and uh, just so appreciate the ministry of music that we heard. I'm Will Verhoof. I'm one of the pastors here at the river. Um, I am privileged to lead you in a look at one of the characters um, associated with Christmas. It's part of our series, our Advent series. This is what we have been waiting for, and we're looking at Simeon's Christmas this morning. Before I go any further, let me just um, pray and invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for who you are, for what you have done, for what you continue to do, for your spirit that we ask be with us right in our midst uh, today. We come, Lord, uh, some of us from long distances um, and, and, and are here today, and others, Lord, have had long journeys um, in terms of ailments, illnesses, treatments for those illnesses. Um, and we pray, Lord, for those who are dealing with that today. Um, bless, bless them and bless us. We praise you for those um, who recently were married, uh, and we thank you for that. And we ask that you will bless um, those marriages. And we're grateful, Lord, for children that have been born. We're grateful that we may celebrate together by being together today to honor you, to worship you, to hear what your Spirit has to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Jim Cowie, in his godlike voice, read the Scripture. Thank you, Jim. And uh, we will go right into the message. There are some notes that are available to you if you want to kind of track where we are. Uh, when you want to fill in the blanks, I think the answers will be on the screen as we go through this. So my question right now to you is, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Um, and what does that mean for you? For us, and I think I mentioned this to some of you already, for us it meant getting ready for our Canadian invasion. All right, Paul and Monique and their kids. Uh, we're on their way down. They drove down from Calgary, arrived yesterday, and there was a lot of things we had to do to get ready for them. Stuff our refrigerators and freezers full of food because there have been many more mouths to feed. I had to make sure the lights that had been hanging around the house all year uh, got plugged in and were actually lighting up for the most part. Uh, I had to get the Christmas tree down out of the rafters and out of the box and uh, get that stood up again in its usual place. Um, and because we had special company coming, we had to ramp it up a little bit, so Ruth thought of some additional outside decorations, and, and she got her usual box of indoor decorations out, and she put some things out. And then we made some peanut brittle. We made some peanut brittle. No, no. Ruth made some peanut brittle to get ready for them. And, and we ended up buying some presents, some gifts, and we're ready to go, I think. How about you? What does Christmas look like for you? 
Let's look at what Simeon was waiting for. What was Simeon waiting for? Simeon was this old man who was waiting, it says, for the consolation of Israel. Now, what does that mean, the consolation of Israel? In that word consolation, you see the word console. Console. Give sympathy to. Console. Maybe, maybe you've had to console people recently. Maybe someone had a diagnosis that was pretty devastating and you consoled them. Maybe you sent them a card. Maybe you called them. Maybe you emailed them. Around our house, oftentimes, we end up consoling our little grandkids because last night the house was really full. There were like nine grandkids running around. The oldest was ten, the youngest was one. And of course, one of them would ride with the vehicle over the feet, over the toes of another one, and that little granddaughter needed to be consoled. She would go running to her mom and said, Ah, my toes hurt. And her mother would console her. Her mother would look at it. Her mother kissed it. Her mother checked whether there was blood. Her mother looked for a Band-Aid. And her mother assured her that it would be all right. Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel. Simeon was an Israelite. Simeon was looking for God to console his people who were called to be the people of God, but who didn't act like the people of God so oftentimes. They'd go chasing after the gods of the Canaanites in the land that God had placed them to be a testimony, to be a witness to the nations. They the prophets called them doing spiritual adultery, unfaithfulness to the God who'd rescued them from Egypt and who'd put them in that land. And God's judgment came on his people. God's judgment came so that there were invaders, so that there were people that took them off into captivity, so that the city of Jerusalem was completely destroyed. They had been beaten about and beaten up so badly deservedly so. A remnant comes back. In the time between the Testaments, there's the whole story of Jacob Maccabees, who tried so hard to just set the people free, and he was crushed in that rebellion. And in the time that Simeon lived, here were the Romans in charge in Israel. And Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel. Simeon was looking for some assurance that everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be all right. It would get fixed somehow. The passage says that Simeon was righteous and devout. Good words to say about someone, about an Israelite, because it testifies to the fact that Simeon was focused on the right sorts of things. Simeon was very likely a psalm-singing Israelite. Simeon, when he went to the temple, likely sang the psalms of ascents, 
the songs that the Israelites sang as they went up the mountain to, the, to Jerusalem and then to the temple. The Psalms of, uh, in the book of Psalms, 120 to 134, those Psalms. And there's a Psalm in there that speaks about waiting. It's Psalm 130, and I'm sure that Simeon sang that Psalm. In our old Psalter hymnal, we would sing a version of that Psalm. And it would go something like this. Out of the depths I cry, O Lord, to Thee. Lord, hear my call. And it, sad, minor key. And, and it would go on to sing about how the psalmist, the person going up to the temple, was waiting for the Lord. Verse 5, my soul waits, and in His word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. And these final two verses, stanzas of that psalm, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Simeon was righteous and devout that way. And the Holy Spirit was on him, we read in the passage in an Old Testament kind of way. As you read the Scriptures carefully, you see some distinctions, you see some differences in the way the Holy Spirit operated. In the New Testament, you have Pentecost, you have the Holy Spirit poured out, and, and everybody experiences the Holy Spirit in terms of making us alive who are dead in transgressions and sins, and experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and and being able to enjoy the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was a little bit different. In the Old Testament, what you read is that there were these occasions and there were these people on, whole, on whom the Holy Spirit would come, on whom the Holy Spirit would fall. So, for instance, the prophets of the Old Testament would experience the Holy Spirit's power and would speak God's word to God's people at those crucial times. Simeon experienced the Holy Spirit in that sort of way. This was a unique time. This was a special time. And the Holy Spirit was there to empower Simeon to just recognize that, to see that. What are you waiting for? That's what Simeon was waiting for. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the usual stuff? Presents, parties, and people. Our neighbors right next to us had a party. It was reasonably quiet this time. Uh, not always. Presents. I don't know what you have going on at your house. I don't know whether you've got some presents. I don't know whether you're expecting some presents. Parties, people, maybe programs, worship services. This is the season for the carols. This is the season for the singing of those songs that are so unique and that are so special for this time of the year. And maybe you're one of those who are kind of bah humbug people who are just wanting to get through it, 
come on, let's just get to the new year. Let's just get back to where things settle down the way they normally are. Maybe you're one of those people who's pretty sure everybody else is having wonderful family gatherings and are getting great presents, and you're the only one who isn't. I'm not having Christmas this year. That was a line right near the end of a phone conversation I was having with one of our senior saints, one of our members here, this past week. I'm not having Christmas this year, she says to me. I said, why? And then she proceeded to tell me the hard story of her year and where things were with her family right now. A grown daughter dying. Another daughter that she had finally gotten out of her house, who had settled into her house for two years with her kids and had eaten her out of house and home. And she finally had gotten this ne'er-do-well daughter out of her house. And she's feeling really good about that. And she really wasn't talking much with any of her family members. And that's when the line came, I'm not having Christmas this year. And it comes out of certain expectations that we all think we should have or can experience at this time of the year. But look what happened to Simeon. Simeon's Christmas, Simeon's present looked something like this. He was in the temple. The parents and this child, this baby, come in. The baby needed to be circumcised. There were other expected rituals that needed to be taking place. And so here come Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus into the temple. And Simeon, because the Spirit was prompting him, knew what he was looking at. Simeon understood that he was looking at salvation. Simeon knew that he was looking at this gift of God that was coming into the world. Simeon knew what kind of impact this child would have on all people, including Mary. When you look at what he says to Mary, it's pretty compelling. He says first, he says at the very end, and a sword will pierce your soul too. What was Simeon talking about? Well, I suspect one of the things Simeon was referring to was the day that Mary stood at the foot of the cross and saw her son crucified. 
on the cross, dying. What else does Simeon say? Well, this changes everything because what he says is, this one, this child that I'm looking at here is going to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Falling and rising of many in Israel. Everybody in Israel was going to have to deal with this child. Everyone was going to have to do something in terms of this child. The falling of many in Israel. Because so many of the leadership didn't want anything to do with him. Because their agenda was simply to get rid of him. Their agenda, they felt, succeeded when they had him finally hanging on the cross. They rejected him. The falling and then rising of many in Israel. The rising of many, those those who understood, those who saw this child as the Messiah, the Simeons in Israel. Nicodemus, a Pharisee who comes and has a conversation with Jesus, and Jesus explains to him about how he must be born anew, born again. He would be a light to all the nations. Things changed fundamentally. A light to all the nations so that that the centurion standing at the cross watching Jesus die could make a profession of faith and say, this truly is the Son of God. So that one of the things that Jesus had to convince Peter to do early in the history of the church was that God was also at work in this household of the centurion, and Peter needed to go and baptize there. That's what Simeon was looking at. Impact on all peoples. This will be a sign spoken again so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So, today, what I want to say to you is be ready to be surprised. Something like Simeon was. Are you ready? Are you paying attention like God was prompting Simeon to pay attention? Are Are there ways in which you are being surprised by God in this season? And I don't know what it will look like for you. Maybe for you, you got married. Just like Mike Shaw did. Maybe for you, God spoke through a a devastating diagnosis. Maybe God spoke to you through one of the songs that we sang. Maybe the one about Peter and how God was right there to rescue him, to move in him. 
Maybe you read some scripture this week. Maybe you heard something on the radio. Maybe someone sent you something by email. Maybe there was something on Facebook. Maybe you got a card. Maybe you saw someone who was just so unexpectedly generous and it surprised you and it reminded you that's what God is all about. The kind of generosity that had him sending his son who was experiencing everything that heaven could offer and into our world. Our broken, miserable, but hopeful world. Or maybe the Christmas that you're experiencing is like the one that my fellow juror experienced. I, uh, and I'm sure many of you experience this, get the card in the mail, you've been summoned to jury duty. I show up in San Bernardino Thursday a week ago. You're in the big room. You get assigned to one of the groups. Group A gets dismissed right away. Oh, shoot, I'm not in group A. Group B has to hang around a little longer. Finally, they get to go. I'm in group C. Group C hangs around. Group C finally gets mm, summoned to a courtroom. There's 55 of us, and we barely can all fit into this little courtroom. And there are the lawyers, and there's the judge. And they go through this process of selecting the jury, and I end up in the jury box. And I tell them when the lawyers interview me, you know, I'm a minister of the word. You maybe don't want me on this jury. <laughs> maybe you could just dismiss me. Scott expects me to be in the office today. I stay on the jury. And uh, this past Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, there was a trial that we were part of. A civil trial, not a criminal trial, a civil trial. Wednesday it was over. There was a lot of downtime. This is my first experience, but there was quite a bit of downtime, a time when you're just kind of sitting around waiting. One of the conversations that I struck up with was with a mail carrier, 60-year-old guy, um, who'd been a mail carrier for, uh, for 30 years. And on Monday, he reminded me, you know, today is the busiest day for the Postal Service. I'd heard that already, Monday, this last Monday. And I expected him to say something like, and am I glad I'm here and don't have to be part of that? But he didn't. He said, I kind of wish I were out there helping my colleagues do the work that they... And I got the impression that he really identified with his work. He was proud that he was a mail carrier. And he wanted to do his work well and with his integrity. We talked a little bit about Christmas. And then he told me about his last year's Christmas. He said, last year on Christmas Eve, into the dark, I was still delivering packages and mail. And he said, but I had my dome light on, and I was playing Christmas music. 
And I said, and that was your Christmas, wasn't it? And he said, yes. May God surprise you. You may be in a situation that you don't like to be in at all, but God is somehow speaking to you in that. Because you recognize that this child whose birth we're celebrating is no less than the Son of God, who reveals the thoughts of many hearts, who's causing the rising and falling of many in Israel, who's come as a light for all the nations to reveal himself to the Gentiles and to be the glory of the Jews, Israelites. And may we be able to say, yes, the time has come. This is what I've been waiting for. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we celebrate your birth. We're just so grateful for who you are and for the ways in which you show love to us. And Lord, may it just be that we experience you this season in, in a unique way, in a way that we hadn't thought of before, that hadn't impacted us that way before. And so God... May your spirit be here. May your spirit move in us. And may we experience joy flooding our hearts and peace in our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.